How many Reese's have you ate so far? Oh, this is number four. I got a king size. Absolutely smackable. We eat in the baseball field tomorrow. Got to get my mind right. Got to weed it after school. What hours are you, is Horn Lake? They're early. So I will start at 730, 7. 735, get done at 250. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's not bad at all, but – I've been staying late to put grades in and adult stuff. You know, the way the the way the shop is set up, Hernando early school drills me. Mm. Get the shop, load up truck, go to deliver it over in South Haven, DeSoto Central late school drills me also. Yeah, just get both schools. That's got to be a glass of milk. Yeah, it is. 100%. It had to be. I bet Joe Phil be glad when you get out of there and stop drinking all his damn milk. He doesn't care. They they literally buy it for me. I don't think they drink it. You're a milk fiend. I know. Like, unless uh, guys, guys, this this son of a bitch. <laughs> I used to have to drink a rather warm Mountain Dew in college because the mini fridge would be taken up by fucking three gallons of milk. And then Wednesday, not a lot. and a little a little chocolate milk leader would be in there. Oh my gosh, good times! This man, this man can drink milk with the best of them. <laughs> and doesn't even have doesn't have to be any hour. Like I like a good glass of milk in, at at night. Morning, honestly, I'm not even a big milk in the morning guy. This guy's twenty four hours doesn't matter. Yeah, I like I like coffee in the morning, but. If I'm not in the mood for like a – if it's hot outside and I don't have iced coffee with me and I got to go somewhere, I'll just uh, put a little milk in a, in a little mug, nest quick. I'm ready for the day. It's uh, Or if I wake up and I'm like already up and I don't need caffeine. All right, say what you're about to say. There's just no in-between for me. If it's hot, if it's like – like July, August hot, Mississippi hot, like we're dealing with right now here in the sip. <laughs> it's, either, it's either ice cold water or ice cold beer for me. There's no in between. I get that. It There's has no been in so insanely hot lately. Bro, it's just been thick as shit. Like two weeks ago, I thought it was hot. And then on like Monday, I walked outside and it felt like it almost felt like the heat was like on my shoulders, like it was trying to weigh me down. It was weird. The air is really, the heat's really wrapping its hands around your throat. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's miserable. It's horrible. Uh, hey, this ain't this ain't this ain't a weather podcast. All right, we're not weathermen. Never claim to be. Joe's a teacher, but he teaches government. All right, he's not teaching the weather. Uh, yeah, science is not my forte. Neither is math. So we're not gonna talk. We're not gonna talk about the weather. If All you right. could, if you could, Bubba, just a little closer, a little closer. Oh, I got you. You, you take, you take, take it away. Take it away for half a second. I just want you to be clear. Take what away? Just take take the show away for half a second. All right, guys. I'm gonna take it away. So. Uh, we're going to talk about – we're going to hit SEC West big time. 
there's really nothing else going on that we want to jump into. As you guys know, this dude that is uh, about to turn his mic back on in a second has been freaking studying like it's a final exam, getting together all these stats and stuff for uh, just about every team in a Power Five conference. So you guys better listen to this fella. Um, Trying to give you guys some sports news. Some not so good news. Well, your favorite Deshaun Watson's taking snaps. I'm back. All right. So I was literally about like that was perfect timing. I was about to just say, in news, good news or bad news. I, I don't know which one you want to take it as, but this Friday, Deshaun Watson will be taking his football snaps in a NFL stadium, not the longest yard football field for the prison team. He will be playing for uh, the Cleveland Browns, who would probably get beat by the mean machine, if I do say so myself. But, uh, yep, he's going to be taking snaps in a preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, You know what? I'm tired of talking about Deshaun Watson. That's that's the news. Trying to think of something else. So, hey, did you catch the Hard Knocks episode? I have not. I did see a couple clips from it. Like I saw one clip of uh, Aiden Hutchinson doing his rookie yeah. performance, and the guy like caught a towel, like, and just caught it out of peripheral vision and just started waving it. Yeah, I saw that dude ripped his shirt off and got down. What was? It? Oh, he's singing Billy Jean. Yeah, great. Yeah, song. that was cool. That was cool. They made him go up there too. And a little spoiler for you when you watch it, they would make them like say who they were. You know whatever got drafted and make them say their signing bonus. He was like Aiden Hudson played at Michigan. I signed a bonus 22 million. Everybody just went crazy. And then you get that's the next like, guy. He's like $25. One dude said, one dude said my, like his name. I couldn't remember what it was. He said, I, my signing bonus was a hundred. He signed for what? He said, my signing bonus was a hundred. <laughs> they were all just like, Damn, went from twenty two mil to hundred k. That's funny. How's the How's the mic sound? We better now? Oh yeah, like a world better, a world better. Uh, I don't have. Uh, I don't. I, I was telling G this, guys. I'm not big enough into every single uh, NFL team's camp. I really don't have the news you're looking for. Uh, MLB the same song and dance. The Mets and the Dodgers and Astros and Yankees are just yeah. constantly winning. Uh, hey, my cards, my cards got smacked last night, embarrassing, like fifteen to five. But we're putting it on tonight, and if we win tonight, I think we've won eight out of the last nine. All right, when you're on a streak like that, you, I mean, you drop one big one, let the hot, let the bats take a little rest for a little while, and then get back into it. Yeah, guess what? First inning today, back out there, five spot. Mm. Bat of the round, bat of the round on them. That is nice. Yeah, I, I don't jump into every NFL camp either, but you know I'm in one camp. Uh, Saints are looking good from all accounts that I hear, that I see. Follow a bunch of journalists real close to the team. Uh, I am a avid Saints and Pelicans Twitter member, so uh, I see all that good stuff. You know who had a great day today? Andy Dalton and Michael Thomas. Andy Dalton connects. Training camp. 
Andy Dalton and Michael Thomas, uh, I believe. Well, this Michael Thomas for sure, but I think Andy Dalton was uh, the quarterback for at least one or two of these. Michael Thomas, first four receptions, first four attempts, four touchdowns in training camp today. So, wow. I mean, that's all you. That's all you need to know. My boy Z sent me a video. Uh, it was pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. I chuckled. Sent me a DM of Michael Thomas running a slant in training camp, and he just sent it to me and said slant. And then I, you know, came back with the New Orleans Saints motto and just told him that's all we need to beat the Falcons anyways. So shout out to my boy Z. Uh, I do have some interesting news, like kind of cool, cool news. A guy that played at – Horn Lake, he played basketball. His name's Tata. For those of you, y'all, y'all may know him around D County if you are uh, if you are a basketball fan during your time in high school. Uh, but he actually went to Northwest, then went to Nichols State. He went to another school somewhere in between there, but went to Nichols State and got signed this last year. And he is uh, with the Warriors. With the Wizards, not the Warriors. Well, he's with the Washington Wizards, and he was shout out. Hey, shout out the hometown. Yeah, he was in there practicing yesterday with all his Wizards gear on, and I was just like, man, that is cool. So it's always good to see the hometown folks make it somewhere. Absolutely, absolutely. Which I don't know. It could have been just like a sign and watch how you do in summer league deal, but I know that he did get the chance at least. Hey, either um, way, still, still, still cool. Um, he, he, ain't, uh, he ain't punching the clock like us yet. Not yet. Not yet. And, you know, those guys, if if they're still single by the time they get out of college, they're ready to jump overseas and go play. So, I wouldn't – I mean, yeah. I think he's got a gal, but some, some guys are just committed to the game like that. You know, if I would have got somebody telling me that I could have went and played ball in Germany, maybe I would have. I don't know. Never but, know. Uh, trying Never, to, ever know. You never know. I, uh, I, I I appreciated the praise I heard right there about me putting in some putting in some work on these college football teams. Oh yeah, man. Honestly, you were getting me fired up talking about it because I have been grinding. My last semester of college starts next Monday, so I'm gonna have to peel back on the college football homework. Yeah. Have to pick the actual books back up just one more semester, but you were getting me a little fired up, and if you're ready. I say we roll into the SEC West. Let's let's do this thing. Spin the track. All right, Jeefy, we got a uh, into a SEC pod. We got one of the most dangerous dual threat mascots we're going to lead off with at SEC West. We got we got the Ti- Auburn Tigers, but then they got an airstrike too, a little Wardam Eagle. All right, so we're going to lead off with them. Tough, tough mascot scene. All right, they got two dangerous mascots, but not a, not a lot of danger on the football field this year, mm. in my opinion. Mm. Auburn over under five and a half. Uh, one of the only SEC teams this year uh, over under below 500. And 
you can't really blame Vegas. Last year they go six and six, three and five in conference. Yeah. They have Tank Bigsby with a lot of talk around uh, during the portal, saves leaving, decides, you know what, I'm coming back. Uh, I don't have the exact timeline. It could have been during the whole Brian Harson scandal when mm-hmm. people think Auburn AD and Auburn school were trying to get Brian Harson fired with all that stuff going around about him sleeping with a secretary or whatever she was. But anyways, Tank Bisby returning, Brian Harson returning. Uh, but I just don't – I don't think it's enough. They lose Bo Nix. They do get Zach Calzada from A&M, who the famous beat Bama last year, but – I'll I mean, say it. I think he's better than Bo Nix just before we go any further. Oh. I think he did. Thank I you. think I, – I like that. I like bringing that up. Honestly, if you, now, need bring up, you need to bring up anything during this, don't – obviously don't hesitate. I think Bo Nix is going to be able to showcase his college ability better playing in the Pac-12 than mm-hmm. – when he's got freaking DNs and D tackles running four, five, four sevens that can chase him down. Yeah. He can't really he's he's I mean he's a great value Johnny style play. Obviously he doesn't compare yeah. to Johnny Manziel, but he wants to do some crazy play. He wants a busted play. He's almost more dangerous when you do bust the play. But he uh you know, he's just a he's not Johnny. And and when you're going up against that big of fellas that can move like that, I just think the Pac-12 is going to be a little less competitive of teams and he'll kind of I think he'll shine shine a lot more, but um, well, uh, just because the defense aren't stronger, and I, I just think Bo Nix is a type of guy that, like you said, he's great when the play busts. But he's great when the play busts because one, Auburn always seems to have really good skill guys, and if they get open, they're big athletes. They're easy to make a big play for. And then also his legs are, in my opinion, his biggest tool. So if you like, if you replace Nick Fitzgerald during that time at State. And he has Dan Mullen as a as a coach. I think he flourishes in an offense like that. But uh, I mean, Gus Malzahn. I mean, Gus Malzahn. He's not there anymore. Auburn as a whole, anyways. They usually they have a hard pounded up the middle game, but you're not you're not going to do that every game in the SEC. And you got to throw the ball. Obviously, they don't have anything crazy. Like they don't have just a super fast paced offense like one like Ole Miss or a super. I mean, let's just say perfect offense like Alabama. So, yeah, I think I think he'll definitely play better in the Pac-12 just because of the de- the defensive play is going to decline. And like you said, I think he's going to be able to showcase his feet a lot more as well. And yeah. not saying he can't pass; he's a better passer than a lot of running quarterbacks that we see now in today's game, or quarterbacks in general. Like he's got the arm talent. But I think the decision-making ability is where he lacks the most. So. Yeah, and college football fans or Auburn fans that we got with us listening, don't get it twisted. I'm a, I'm a Bo Nix guy. Uh, I really like him. He, uh, I believe it was 20 – let's see, we're going to 22. So, it may have been – it wasn't 2020. His freshman year. I know what you're talking about. You don't even have to say the year. Yeah, I think it was freshman – it was freshman – I know for a fact. Freshman year, and they play Oregon opening up. First game. Yeah, he makes miraculous plays. He covers for me. I was hooked on him. Loved him. And it was – but, like, I was talking to some buddies of mine that are Auburn fans, and we're talking, like, some of the balls he throws just should not be thrown, but it's almost like he's got – he's one of those guys that has that magic, or he's just one of those 
you know, one of those local guys or your buddy that you're just like, man, this guy's always he's lucky. It's the luckiest guy. I know everything he get everything breaks his way. And don't get me wrong, Bo Nix does not get every break. He's thrown plenty of picks at Auburn. But I uh I don't know. I just think he'll succeed more in the Pac-12. But with that being said, I think you take almost any former starting SEC Q and they probably succeed or look a little better over there in the Pac-12. Yeah. But with all that being said about Auburn, like I said, we got them at five and a half. We'll go through their schedule here in just a second. They did. I want to say they lost their last five uh, games last year. One of those or two of them being just – Freaking horrific blown games. Uh, one of them is a luxury of my team in Auburn, down 28 3 at one point, I believe it was, and just slowly chip away and cut it to a couple scores at half. And Auburn just never, they, they never could answer anything else. They just kind of gave up almost, it seemed like. And State had the momentum, and it was one of those games where you just kind of look at Auburn and you're like, man, like, they, I mean, there's no pulling it together. There's no grit, hardly. Like, it was just, you almost had a sense that State was going to come back with well, they were still down 17 points. So, I don't know, little questions there. And, I mean, ever since they've lost Malzahn, it's just kind of been downhill. And to go back on Bo Nix one more time, I think he catches a little backlash of truth being known that since Malzahn's gone, it's just gone backwards, you know, and it's just part of it. But the other loss in those last five, like I said, the State-blown game and then the Bama four overtime game that I mean Auburn just was begging them to win mm -hmm. begging them just a, a horrific look and uh, you know Bryce Young and them end up marching down the field and Bryce Young has a miraculous comeback drive like his some would say the Heisman moment which was kind of embarrassing because of how bad they were I think they were six and five at the time Auburn was but nonetheless Bama clutched it up and ends up going four overtimes and Auburn just blows the game so uh, tough look there, and that was at Jordan. Both of that's what's crazy about it. Both of those horribly blown games were at Jordan Hare, so that's a bad look. I feel like, uh, especially being Jordan Hare, not just your home field, but that home field is, you know, likes to be known as not an easy place to play, not an easy place to make it out with a W. But last year they kind of showed showed their asses there and let people know, hey, maybe it's not as dangerous as it used to be. With all that being said, let's walk through the schedule. They do help themselves out earlier. They got Mercer and San Jose State. Uh, should be able to – San Jose State could be a little iffy. Uh, I still think they can handle uh, Tank Bigsby the ball enough times to get it done. And then they got Penn State and Missouri. Uh, the Penn State is just a bad, a bad draw for a bad Auburn team, in my opinion. I wish they could play them, you know, when Auburn was a little bit better in that matchup. You know, that'd be a that'd be a big time game for that early in the season, week three. Uh the Missouri game, you like to think they can get it done. I think Auburn and Missouri are both two similar teams. The not well, Auburn will be the bottom of the barrel in the West, but both just two mediocre around five hundred, maybe seven and five at max for Mizzou. Uh should be a good game. Then they got LSU. If Auburn could sneak that one somehow and Calzada's firing on all cylinders by week five then I think that's going to put LSU in the bottom of the, of the SEC West, in my opinion. And we'll get to LSU, and we've talked about them, and they're going to be – it's such a question mark, such a hit or miss with them. But Auburn, as I've said, I haven't said an at game yet. They open up with five straight home games. 
And I don't know. I think they're going to run into more trouble when they hit the road just from – I mean, it's going to be freaking mid-October, and Auburn hadn't left Jordan-Hare once. So, I think that could be a problem because after that they go to Georgia and then to Oxford. And, I mean, both of those are going to be hands full. And then they got to buy and they play Arkansas. And they go to Starkville. And they wrap up with A&M at home, Western Kentucky at home, and then to Alabama. So, I'm uh, – I, I don't know. I think Auburn's going to be – not. I think Tank Bigsby should have left, if that says anything. I think he's one of the most talented backs in the SEC, if not – Number one, uh, obviously, Jameer Gibbs over at Alabama is one of those guys that's going to be, you know, he's playing for Alabama. He's going to look a lot better probably than he is. I don't know. That's a hard one. I put a question mark. I don't have the over-under. But at five and a half, hard to think they don't go bowling. But then again, with that Penn State non-conference, I say stay away from it. And honestly, the under is probably more of the, more of the play, if we're being honest. Yeah, sorry, folks. Power went out. We're back. That's all we had on on Auburn. It's fine. They suck. That's why they went first. Next up is who I think could be the second sucky. All right. That's the best way I can put it. And this one's going to be weird because it's a program that's not used to sucking too much and new coach who hasn't sucked hardly at all. All right, we got Brian Kelly over the down there in Baton Rouge. Gee, the guy moves in and he has a first day, he's got a southern accent. I like it. You know, you love to see it, honestly. He's trying to play, he's trying to play the role. But LSU over under at seven and a half. They go six and six last year, three and five. Number three in the country in the portal. All right. So I got I mean, you gotta expect that though, being a big time program of getting a big name coach, like he brought, he brought his people. Do what? So they got to work. Yeah, he had to get to work. He had to clean a little house. He he lost a lot of guys. Obviously, that probably committed to a coach, like people say, don't do. But it is what it is. Number three in the portal headline: <clears throat> Arizona State quarterback, Mister Jaden Daniels. All right, sixty percent passer, three thousand yards, twenty total tutties. But the big thing here. And it's not the bad thing that I usually bring up. The man only had two interceptions. Mm. Right, so they could be getting a guy that – and obviously, you know, we're playing in a different league, different coach, different system, whatever. It could change. He, I, I can guarantee he's probably not going to throw less than two interceptions if he gets a starting role. But you never know. Uh, you never know. Changing – and the fact he's coming from Arizona State to LSU, that's a big, that's a big change. Right, they're both they're both hot as hell, but that's a far way away. Yeah, that's about the only only uh, common deal they got right there. I do got a red shirt freshman named Garrett Nussmeyer, I believe is how it's pronounced. Mm. And a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz around that guy about getting the starting Q spot. But in my eyes, for Jaden Daniels to come and have the experience, it's just it's really hard for me not to think that he gets the he gets the reins at right. least to start off, you know, and if. If they struggle early against Florida State, then, you know, if the Florida State game doesn't go so well, then maybe we see Nussmeyer. Who knows? Uh, you would think 
the only other option. And it's Kelly, he's got his hands full, but you also got the fifth year, who sounds like a damn ninth-year senior as much as we've talked about him. We still got Miles Brennan down there, who didn't play a lick in 2021. He got hurt. Yeah. But you almost think walking into it, you either got to play Jaden Daniels, the guy with the experience, but all of a sudden you got the buzz around the freshman, the redshirt freshman, Nussmeyer. But then in your back pocket, you got a 24-year-old Q and Miles Brennan. So I don't know. I don't I don't follow enough LSU beat writers and uh people following fall camp and spring practice and this and that, but and I don't I don't know what your take is on it, but in hindsight, I feel like you jog out your fifth year veteran. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, I like Jaden Daniels, 3,000 yards hard to turn against, too, when Miles didn't play last year. So, yeah, a lot of stuff, lot of stuff going on down there in Baton Rouge. They, they say the Cajuns are crazy, uh, and it sounds like they got some crazy shit going on in that quarterback room. But well, the good thing is about this is last year, I think LSU had – they had Miles Brennan. They had T.J. Finley, who has since transferred, right? And Yeah, so they got a um, – which Miles got hurt early, early. Yeah, yeah. But Brian Kelly coming in and bringing in, obviously, a really good freshman, the guy from Arizona State, and still having Miles Brennan, who got hurt last year. Not knowing who your quarterback is a couple weeks before the season is a good problem to have, unless they all stink. Now, if you're trying to decide who do you have to put out there, yeah, that's a bad feeling. But what it what I get – from the field around LSU right now is that he's just having a hard time picking who he thinks is the best guy for the job because they're doing well. Obviously, Miles Brennan, he's been there for a long time. He he knows how to – I mean, let's be honest. He's a fifth-year senior. He knows how to practice, right? Yeah, yeah knows I how agree. To, knows how to do those seven-on-sevens, know how to do those drills. Obviously, it's a new playbook. It's a new coach, but he's going to have the hearts and the – in the minds of a lot of those young guys in there because he's been there for so long. He's got a lot of good relationships, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, college athletes want to win. And I'm sure that they're probably rallying around whoever they think is the best for the job. And, you know, we'll see come week one. And if it is Miles Brennan, I'm sure he'll be on a short leash just because of the talent um, of the QB room right now. But I don't know. I, I'm curious to see, but I do think that it may not happen this year, but I think Brian Kelly is going to bring something down to Death Valley, and I think they're going to be a, a powerhouse in a couple of years. Not this year, but I do think that they're going to find their way to the top. Now, will they be playing to be arguably the greatest college football team ever in the 2019 LSU Tigers? Absolutely not. But I think they're they're going to be back on the island of relevancy uh, in a couple of years. So. Yeah, they think – and I'm the same way. I'm buying stock in uh, LSU just with having Brian Kelly. But nonetheless, we got about three and a half weeks, and I think he I think he has a good idea who he's running out in Caesar Sports Dome against Florida State opening week. But obviously he's doing a damn good job at keeping it kind of hush-hush for now. Uh, and why would you not? You know, there's, there's two different guys. You're looking at, a, like I said, a 25-year-old – fifth year versus a Jaden Daniels guy that they got film on from last year and everything. So 
week one, you know, if you got two good options and potentially three with the freshman they're talking about, why not keep it quiet? But like I said, nonetheless, they uh, they open up with Florida State. A lot of buzz around that game talking about it can turn, you know, it can turn LSU season one way or the other and and really fast also. And I and I honestly I believe I'm I stand with that just because that's a pivotal game. Uh, and then they got another pivotal against my school in week three. But in between Florida State and Mississippi State, they got Southern University. That one's a lock. But that Florida State and Mississippi State are, you know, Florida State and Mississippi State are two predicted to be pretty middle 500 teams. Uh, you know, so they got to – if you're LSU, you're sitting there. You, honestly, you think you got to go 3-0 and if we're being honest. LSU has been able to beat Mississippi State pretty often in the last 10 years. The Florida State game is just a one that you you know is going to be chippy. It's going to be hyped up. It's first game of the year, but at the end of the day, you got to get the duck, get out of there, be one and zero. Play Southern at home, like I said, automatic. You get Mississippi State and Baton Rouge. Hey, uh, Bubba, can I interrupt you just for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this isn't even an SEC question, but I do want your take on it just because I've been thinking about it here lately. Do you think if Norvell doesn't get it done for the Seminoles this year, you think he's you think he's gone? Yeah, he's in a – man, I don't know if it's just Florida schools or what because they ran out Mullen pretty fast at uh, in Gainesville at Florida. But he just can't – you know, and this is – actually, I ain't even going to say it's no disrespect. This can – all the disrespect can be can be sent towards Memphis, but you go to you you're coming from Memphis as like Norvell did. You you got to know you're walking into a freaking three headed monster at Florida State. Yeah, I mean that's a well respected history of the program, good football dynasty. So some would say, but even if you don't classify them as that, you know Florida State's relevant. They're yeah. in the talk. They just had Jameis not too long ago and were competing for a, a natty. Uh, so he, I mean, yeah, he's got to, he's got to make something, you know, he's got to make something happen. He's at least got to give him a little light. Uh, he can't, I mean, he can't go six and six, honestly, flip side and we'll get to the ACC and break down the teams like we're doing now, but you can, uh, if you're Florida state, like if we were analyzing Florida state right now and I'm talking as if I'm a Florida state fan, I got to have that first one against LSU. I got to have it. So yeah, I think Norvell could have his hands full. Uh, and it's going to be tough this year playing in the ACC. And I've I've praised that conference a lot this year. And, you know, some quick news quick news there. I don't know if you – Wake Forest quarterback, Hartman. Yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. Yeah, Hartman, yeah out for the seat. Um, we'll hear that story. It'll come out. It's not going to come out on this pod because we don't know what happened. But that lightens up that QB room in the ACC a hell of a lot. He's a great player. and hoping everything's all right with him. But to stay back on where we're at, the question you asked, yeah, I think Norvell's in – I mean, I think he's got – I haven't looked at their schedule as much as these other teams, but he's got – I mean, at bare minimum, seven. Got to have yeah. seven wins. It's yeah, got I got the same thought process. I, I just wanted to ask you that because it's kind of been on my mind lately. So – He wouldn't be – I don't think he's in the same shoes as Brian Kelly, like we're talking about at LSU, because Brian Kelly came from – Notre Dame, who he had in playoff talk, top ten talk, like a yeah. well-respected team, and kept them going. But Brian Kelly's had a place down there. Then them Cajuns ain't going to keep Kelly if he just yeah goes six and six back to back years. 
Oh, yeah, you know, 100%. And all due respect, these schools that have had that history, they're not like me and you with the two poverty universities in Mississippi. You know, if we get a guy going seven and five, sneaking a little eight and four, our fans our yeah. fans cooking them breakfast Sunday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you can't go to LSU or Florida State or places like that and expect to be able to – don't get me wrong, Brian Kelly and Norvell first years – back when Norvell had his first year and Brian Kelly this year, if he goes six and six and maybe, you know, looking at the script, if they beat at Florida, if they get out of there with a win or something crazy like that, I think their fans will be okay. But next year they're going to need to get back on that real LSU train. Yeah. But their schedule, like I said, Florida State to open up, Southern, Mississippi State, uh, New Mexico. Then they go to Auburn. They got Tennessee at home. That one – could be that's that's one that actually that's the more reasonable one honestly in death valley a good tennessee team that i believe this year if they could steal that one i think brian kelly has won over the fans and what is that week six yeah so that's a big one then they go to florida got old miss at home uh they got a bye week and then bam at home go to arkansas uab at home and then go to a&m Kind of a favorable schedule, honestly, but those swing games, the Florida State, the Mississippi State, I guess you could throw the Ole Miss one in there too just because it's at uh, Death Valley. Honestly, every Death Valley game they have a chance to win, if we're being honest. Yeah. It's just a hostile. That's one that is going to be hostile forever. Yeah. Uh, Seven and a half, another one I got question mark, just a tough, tough number. I get It's a lot more likely I see them going seven and five than I do eight and four. For being honest, eight. I, actually, I take that back. No, with their schedule, if I'm a, give me, yeah, I'll take the over. Actually, I, I'm flipping. I'm flipping right there. I like it. A little, a little early flipness. I like it. So I'll give, I'll give LSU the over. If it was at eight, I'd, I'd hammer under just because I think they'd push. But I think they could sneak eight. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave that one at eight. Let's see who we got next. I might just stay on this page. We're going to a hyped-up team. All right, we're going out west. We're in the SEC West. We're going way out west. College Station, Texas A&M, over under eight and a half. They go eight and four last year, four and four in the conference. Just not a good year last year, in my opinion. They lose to Mississippi State. Y'all beat them too, correct? We did. And then they, they Wait, get the win. Who is it? A&M. Oh, yeah. In Oxford, baby. So, they, they lose to the two Mississippi teams. Uh, and then they obviously had the win against Bama that made the whole season more than it was. But just an eight and four, and I just don't think not a great team. They were 100th in the portal. But heard what Jimbo said, you know, to hell with Saban. We ain't buying players. All right, <laughs> assistant coach. Assistant coach had a little different plans when he didn't know the cameras were rolling. But, hey, they're not buying players over there. All right, they're just raising beasts. They got the number one recruiting class, uh, actually number one class ever since 24-7 sports has been evaluating people. Oh, wow. Max Johnson at the queue from OLSU. Mm-hmm. Another one that could have stayed at LSU and gave him some fits. 60% passer 2800 yards 27 tutties six picks very respectable uh not a you know he's gonna stay in the pocket he's not a mobile guy 
So that's the only thing that kind of doesn't scare me. But if you have a straight up, not not scrambling, not any of that in the SEC, the only way to even have – we haven't even seen it be crazy successful, but you almost got to run something like Leach. Like you got to be throwing the ball 55 times. Yeah. You're just not going to be able to sit in the pocket and throw bomb, in my opinion, or throw yeah. the ball 30 times. So, I don't know. Could see some problems there. Nonetheless, the media and the people are high up on A&M. They lose cows out of the Auburn like we talked about earlier. But one we're going to talk about got hurt early, and I don't know if you remember. I think they played someone out west. I want to say it was like UCLA maybe. Mm-hmm. A&M played UCLA early in the year last year. can't remember. It was when that the Haynes King, the freshman, yeah, uh, yeah. Starting for him. He got hurt anyways. He got hurt week two. Uh, I'll look that I up. I can't remember who it was. I can't either. I'm I think it, it was a California team. Uh, it was either them, maybe. It was either US, UCLA or USC or Cal. Or, but I think you're right. I think it was UCLA. But either way, they, yeah. uh, they lose Haynes King matter. week two. And he – I mean, he had the spot. He was starting. So you kind of like to think they're playing Colorado. I uh, knew it was a low-scoring bullshit game. It was a game they won 10-7. Well, but anyways, that's okay. Haynes King gets hurt week two. I mean, you get in Max Johnson, a guy who's thrown for nearly 3,000 yards. Like we said, close to 30 tutties, only six turnovers. You think that he's going to get the spot. Uh, Haynes King, he, and he really never, didn't show us anything special. I mean, only played two weeks, so you can't take too much away from the kid. But definitely ain't going to be Calzada now that he's going to Auburn. So, I think Max Johnson's got the spot. They start off pretty easy with Sam Houston at home. But then after that, one that's just a dangerous team to schedule because it's embarrassing if you lose to them. You got a Sunbelt team rolling in that's had a a freaking well-known good defense, a team I bet on 80%, 90% of the year last year. And that's App State. And those boys at App State are some tough, tough swarming the football defense. I don't know if they – I don't know the upset. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it at all. I'd love to know that early spread. Could probably get it now that it's getting closer to season. But in my opinion, just with A&M's being eight and a half, I think you're looking at a scary non-conference. All right? And it gets, it's, it gets worse after App State. Then they got – team that I'm on board with this year, they got the freaking U coming to College Station week three. That's a game. That's a game everyone in, in the country has to circle. Miami at A&M, it's going to get nasty. It's going to get really nasty, I think. So, you got App State and Miami. That's just – that's two non-conference that if I'm betting over, I don't want, I don't want my team playing those two guys. All right, give me freaking UTEP and Missouri State. All right, I don't want you guys. If you guys don't know, Cody here's a big miners guy. Yeah, big. Oh, huge miners. There was no disrespect there to the miners, but if I'm betting over, I like them playing UTEP more than I do App State and freaking Miami. Yeah. So tough, tough start there for A and M. Then they play Arkansas and AT and T Stadium. Then they go to Mississippi State, to Bama. And they get a bye, get to go back home, chill for a week, then have to get back on the road, go to South Carolina. Then they got Ole Miss in Florida at home. They go to Auburn. 
They wrap it up with UMass at home and LSU at home. Nine and three is just hard, hard, hard for me to come by on the schedule. And that's what the overtake. So I'm I'm on the under, circled it. Uh not one of my actual under bets, but if I'm if if I'm taking one here, this is one of the easier ones for me. No question mark by it, no nothing on my notebook, straight up under circled. Give it to me. App State, Miami. Screw it. Give me one of them dropping. State, Bama, South Carolina. I'm almost – I mean, Bama we know, so really we can take that. That's two in my book. State and South Carolina, both on the road, I'm not I'm not scared to say they might lose one of them. Mm-hmm. That puts them at nine and three, and they still got at home versus Ole Miss, Florida, and LSU, and then still got to go to Auburn. So, I mean, those yeah. are four four hard ones to close out. Yeah. So, if they can just drop one of those, then there you go. You're eight and four. The unders, you know, you're fine. So, I think a rather easy under. I feel like they're getting hyped up a little bit because of this number one recruiting class ever in the history of recruiting. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, no, no matter what these guys are, like we see it every year, there's not just a whole hell of a lot of true freshmen that – just come in and pop off first year. It just doesn't happen very often. There's too many freaks in college football nowadays that are, you know, super seniors or even juniors that are, you know, been in the system too long. It's just not – I'm just not a big recruiting guy, and that probably is because I'm a Mississippi State fan. I don't get to say, hey, we had a top seven recruiting class this year. But it's just – Tennessee's a great example. You see a lot of high-up recruiting classes there in the last five years. Ain't seen much of shit to show for it. So uh, I don't I don't love the recruiting. That wasn't a jab at Tennessee, but yeah. there's a pro that's a good example. Bama, it's hard to make the example because I mean they're Alabama. Yeah. Ohio State, hard to make the example. Clemson. But you see some of these teams that sneak up and recruiting and they just don't, it just doesn't work. It, the stars don't produce W's always. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna save I'm gonna save your team for second to last. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the dogs last. Uh, I respect it. Next up, we got Arkansas. Last year, eight and four, a wild over under here. They have nope. they're they're that wild card team that I could see, like we talked about last week. I could see them going nine and three, ten and two, and then I could also like I wouldn't be surprised if they went seven and five. Yeah. Like they're they're just one of those teams. Even when they're not good, like it's it's just you never know what they're yeah. that that middle of the pack West, and y'all were up last year. But I'm saying five years ago when it was us, uh, Mississippi Arkansas. State, old Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and yeah. back then Auburn was kind of solid. A and M was have its years, but those three, right there in the heart of soul of the South, right there, Mississippi and Arkansas. Those three every year, it's kind of like, man, they're probably going to beat someone that's really good. Yeah, we would lose to someone that they're a 20-point favorite against. We were that scrappy team that you're scared to play against because they – I mean, during that time that you're talking about, State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas were all playing like they had absolutely nothing to lose against those teams. And that's why we were able to squeak out upsets, you know, us against Alabama, y'all against – Auburn, A&M, whoever it may be, LSU, uh, and Arkansas, of course. I don't remember their historic schedule. Or Arkansas freaking fourth and 25 in us because we're not going to talk about it. But I'll just, just say some that. Gritty, some gritty schools. They're in a gritty area. 
Mississippi producing some NFL guys and Arkansas getting some of those Mississippi guys, but just some gritty teams. But for them to go eight and four last year and show sign, I think they started like, I don't know, six and oh or something or six mm-hmm. and one. They started off good. I remember thought they had a chance against Bama. Uh, KJ Jefferson was a, a national guy. Like people really liked him across the whole country. Mm-hmm. But over under six and a half this year. Mm. Wild, wild. I mean, I put in my notes right here, and I, I do believe that. Like, I do think their over under is pretty low. <clears throat> but then I start thinking about it. And man, KJ's KJ's great. You know, I, I still stand by. I don't think he's a great passer. Uh, gotten a lot of Twitter wars with that last year. <laughs> but as much as I hate this, some bitch, I truly believe. Traylon Burks was the heart and soul of of the offense. Yeah, like I understand the Q is the man, and you know that's the signal caller, that's the captain, that's whatever. But I mean, Burks was just freaking unreal. Like it, it, even if you didn't get him the ball, you had a safety shading him, or you had two guys picking him up. Like he was such a he caused caused such a a scene that I think I think losing him is going to really hurt him, and that's. In my logic, and some of the transfers they lost, uh, Greg Brooks and they lost a safety. Where are we at? Joe Fucha, Faucha, safety, but lost both of them to LSU. So they lose some defensive guys, and you know that is what it is. But that's not big enough for me. I think the main reason it goes to six and a half is is losing a big time dominant guy, Kyle Pitts, like receiver, and. Without Burks, I don't know, does KJ, you know, who's going to step up? And somebody might step up, and, you know, they'll shatter the over. But until we see it, you know, it's kind of hard to – it's hard to say what's going to happen. But uh, who else? They picked up a couple fellas. Picked up four defensive guys in the portal. Uh, I don't think all will start. Got one from Bama, one from Georgia. Uh, DB from LSU kind of replacing – like they traded defensive backs to LSU. They lost one and got one back. Uh, gave up uh, Darren Turner to Bama, who's a receiver. So, that's a little question mark in my book. Not going to sit here and act like I know the stat leaders for Arkansas last year. But if you – I caught a lot of Arkansas games. I know that much. And, and the main – it was almost like a McCaffrey. Obviously, he didn't run the ball, but – the big fella, I mean, Burks touched the ball, it seemed like every other snap. Right. And, and the plays that he didn't, yeah, sure, KJ did it with his legs. And, you know, he can still do it with his legs now this year. But I don't know. I just think six and a half is low. But then there's another side of me that kind of like you saying, I can see him. I can see him going eight and four. I can see him going nine and three, maybe. I can see him going five and seven. Yeah. So, and even six and six. And, Another reason I think they're a little low is because the first game of the season is versus Cincy at Arkansas. But my biggest deal with that is, I mean, Cincy being a group of five, they, I mean, Desmond Ritter was, we're talking about Traylon Burks running this team. Desmond Ritter up there at Cincy, I mean, he took them to the playoffs. And then you got Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, obviously defensive backs that. Yeah clamped up for them, but they, I mean, they lost all three of those guys. So that's a problem in my opinion. Uh, I think maybe 
they think Cincy's too good and has a chance to beat them and dropped it to six and a half instead of seven. But open up Cincy, then they got South Carolina, Missouri State, uh, neutral site with Texas A&M game versus Bama back at home. Then they go to Starkville, go out and play the Mormons at BYU. Then they got a bye, go to Auburn. Then they play Liberty at home, LSU at home, Ole Miss at home, and then wrap it up on the road to Mizzou. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, having Cincy and Missouri – I mean, I think Cincy's not going to be good at all, like honestly. Just losing yeah. – I, I mean, mean, they lost their heartbeat. Let's be – I mean, let's yeah. be real. Yeah, I mean, they lost the whole – I think we're being any type of way. They, they lost their three stars. They all are gone. So, Cincy, Missouri State, I mean – I, I don't know shit about BYU this year, for being honest. I, hey, they're always, they're always that gritty team, too. Yeah, like, so we won't even chalk that up. But then you got Liberty and Missouri. I mean, those are four for sure. And, I mean, I don't know, South Carolina's kind of hit or miss right now, buzzing around. Never know how Arkansas is going to play Mississippi State. Never know how they're going to play Ole Miss. Yeah. LSU, we don't really know if it's up or down. So, I don't know. Maybe it's more of a this year the SEC and win totals are just – there's so many just – like the LSU, in my opinion, Mississippi State. Arkansas is one of them as well. I'd say I'd say Arkansas State, Ole Miss, and LSU, you don't, you really almost – and you some, some would throw A&M. You have no idea what you're going to get this year. Yeah. Like I feel like some years even – like we say they're the same kind of team every year, which – majority of them, they kind of already kind of know what you're going to get this year. I feel like I don't. And I'm even a – I mean, I'm a state fan. I'm going to give my opinion on them and my take on them. And I'm a positive fan, but this is even the most – I've looked at it up and down. I don't know. Like, I just don't know what's going to happen. It can go either way. Right. So, I don't know. That's a tough six and a half. I put under question marks the first time I went through this. Uh, But the more I look – I mean, you got four for sure, I think. So I guess it is kind of hard to find three more, but like you said, I could see them slipping up and the Razorbacks accidentally being nine and three. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a hit or miss. Tough year. We're gonna see if Traylon Burks can do it without his freaking large companion. That's as good as AJ Brown already. Who knew, Mister Traylon Burks? <laughs> so we'll see what happens there, but. You got anything else on Arkansas, Jeefy? SEC is just scary this year if you're a better. I'm not a betting man, but, I mean, all of these, it's just – it's hard to call. The numbers are just – the numbers teams. are – yeah, the numbers are right on, honestly. I feel like – which don't give me – I've never been an over-under wins better. We talked about them last year on this pod, but I didn't I didn't bet any. Yeah. And it's uh, – they're, they're tough, man. When you walk, start walking through the schedule, you – you're like, damn, I, I see why the number's that. Like, it's, yeah. it's tough. But we'll run through Bama real quick, and then we can reset it. G, I see it in top left. Oh, you good, brother. You good. Bama, not a whole lot to talk about, if we're being dead honest. We can talk we- to transfers. They're, they're going to be one of the best college football teams ever, in my opinion. And that's, a, that's me going out on a limb, but I feel like that's the – only way to get the point across because it's the same song and dance every year. Well, it's like I hate getting on here and talking about these dominant teams or players. Like, we get on here to talk about the SEC West. We want to give the listeners an in-depth discussion about every team, but 
with Alabama, we don't even have to read their schedule if we didn't want to. I mean, you just know who they are. It's the same way with Tom Brady. If he's going to the playoffs, what? What's the? We don't even have to give a segment on the Buccaneers in the playoffs. <laughs> We're you're gonna go with either you're gonna go with Tom Brady or or you're saying maybe this team is just that good that they might can get past Tom Brady. Hey, so, you want me to tell you something, G? Yeah. You're gonna go with Tom Brady. Or you're gonna lose money. I tell uh-huh. you that when it comes to playoffs. There's your two uh-huh. options right there. That's your two options. I've heard that story quite a quite a few times from not just you. I mean, I've everybody that I know that bets. It's like they have a story of one time that they lost money to Tom Brady. So that is your two options. But Bama, I mean, the over under says it all, and people are probably thinking it's this every year, but usually it's not. It's usually eleven, which is you don't think it's a big difference, but that's saying okay, they can lose a game and you push. You yeah, know, you're betting the under, you're losing twice. This year they got Bama at 11 and a half. Mm. So, so it's either undefeated or bust, right? Correct. Last year they go 11 and one, dropping that game to AM like we talked about. Go on to win the SEC ship. Georgia gets the revenge, but people are calling this one the Bama Revenge Tour this year. And I'm honestly, I think they're going to be good every year. I think they're going to win the West every year for the past seven years. Like it just is what it is. Uh, we got to see LSU knock them off. You know, we've seen Auburn beat them a few times in the last five, six years. But this year, man, they get freaking five. The main story is a five-star Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to add a, a speed. Like, the dude can move. And, we, you know, I feel like we're used to seeing a big power back at, uh, at Alabama. But this guy being as quick as he is and a dual guy being able to catch the ball to the backfield, I think him and Bryce Young are going to be unreal, honestly. Just as much as they talk about him as like a Tyreek Hill, like a, a he's more of a slot than he is a running back. Obviously, they're still going to try and get him in space and hand him the ball, but he's going to be a problem. Uh, they get another five-star defensive back from LSU, Eli Ricks. Tyler Harrell, big-time receiver from Louisville that they took from our boy Malik Cunningham. Gee, hate to see it. Hate to see it over there and uh over there at Louisville. But on the other side of the ball, they were turning two freaks as well, Jordan Battle and Will Anderson. Mm. Uh, a guy that some people say could we could see the best defensive year ever from Will Anderson. Yeah. And I don't know, just in my opinion, it's even more buzz than the usual. And I don't know if I'm just buying into it or I'm just believing what I'm seeing. And honestly, as young as that team was last year, and obviously Bryce Young was their best player, wins the Heisman. The other side of the ball, their best player was obviously Will Anderson, and Jordan Battle was unreal. And to get all three of those guys back, it is crazy how young of a Bama team we saw because I feel like usually we might see some new faces and then we're like, oh, damn, we ain't seen him at all, but he's, he's still already a junior or senior or whatever. So for them to return guys is kind of weird just because Saban, you know, it's almost like he stores these guys away, and then when it's their time, he brings them out, and yeah, next thing you know, they're getting drafted in the first round. So, All right. pretty pretty wild to see these guys again. I I've circled over. I just it's hard for me to find a loss anywhere. When you look at the ESPN deal, I think the most favorable game on their schedule to lose is at Texas Week Two, and Bama's like a seventy-one win percent. Mm. So they open up Utah State. Uh, for the gamblers out there that play Utah State in T-Town and are a 39-point favorite. Wow. I'm going to be honest. 
Saban's a big get up about five touchdowns and kind of just kind of coast. Yeah. So never know there if you're feeling a little saucy and you want to you want to start the game up thirty nine nothing with Utah State. You know you can see what happens, but automatic. After that, that's the big one to circle. And honestly, we ain't even got to go through the rest of the schedule, like you said. But at Texas week two, I mean, one of the biggest games of the year, preseason, you know, looking in, honestly, uh, with Texas coming to the SEC and with Texas thinking they're back this year and having me fooled a little bit, thinking they might be back. Uh, could be a, could be a big-time game, and I hope it is at least a game. I'm still – I'm still saying Texas is back, and I'm also still saying this game, this two possession ball game. Mm-hmm. I don't think, uh, I think they might hang around and fight, and it'll be hyped up game day probably. I don't know if Texas is preseason AP poll ranking, but find it hard for them not to go. Uh, after that, some dubs along the way. The only other ones that we got a circle in Tuscaloosa, Jimbo Fisher coming to visit old Nick Saban. Yeah. Now I'm not that, gonna you, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it before we get into the AM game because I know you want to hit that with this little old man rivalry of brewing between these two. But I'm just going to – I mean, I'm going to take the under. And hmm. the reason being is just because I just think that there's so much unknown and Alabama is one of the only knowns right now in college football. Like we've talked about, you said Alabama and Ohio State are going to be the – the big dogs, and I think they are. And I think if they are not put together in the semifinals, they'll probably both be in the national championship. But I just like I, this year. Just feels like a weird year for. It does feel. Football. It does feel like a weird and, college football year, Bruin. And I just think I think they're going to drop one, and I don't know who it's going to be. I think it's going to be one of those. Alabama goes on the road for college game day, and this team that they're going to play against is hyped up for this one week because as Pace likes to say, Alabama is everybody's national championship. And, you know, sometimes that's that's not a lie at all. It's mostly true. So I think they're going to go into somewhere and they're going to have a hostile environment. Not saying that that hostile environment plays against Alabama because it seldom does because their players are usually locked in, calm, cool, and collective. But that hostile environment usually helps that home team a lot. And – uh Kind of puts that puts that bigger heart in their chest. So I got them dropping one on the road. He's dropping college one on the road, day. and I it's going to be just... a college game day. Whoever wins is not going to get any picks, <clears throat> and it's going to happen. So I'm calling it. I, now. I like that. And and last thing I'll hit on Bama, and they're not going to like it. The fans aren't. It seems like a fantasy world because we've never seen it even come close. Could waste a lot of energy in that little uh, heated beef with AM. Mm. Next week, a team that I think has a chance to be good this year, and it's a rivalry. Bama's going on the road up to Knoxville. Tennessee, I was going to say. There's not really another one on the, the only other away games at Arkansas is a little early, and they got L- at LSU and at Oxford. Tennessee, Tennessee and Alabama has got to be like the biggest. Cross division rivalry. Do you oh, think? it's huge. It's huge. Like, I don't know of another SEC West versus East rivalry that is anywhere near that. Well, somebody somebody clip it, and I don't care if you expose us or not, because hey, it's a it's a hot, hot take. Like I said, it seems like a fantasy. But that freaking that game seven at Knoxville after they just wasted a lot of energy on the, the old man beef, as Jeefy just called it. 
That's a, that's the one spot for it. All right, that's the spot for it. I'll, I'll I'll throw a little rocky top in there, and I'll drop a little roll tide here here and there. All right, but I think that game can be circled. I think it's a spot for a wild wild game, and I want to go on the record. I could also see Bama winning by forty, just to cover my ass. All right, fellas, we needed a uh, a drink break, a smoke break, a freaking mental break, any whatever break we needed. Because we have, I mean, obviously y'all know who we got left. All right, we got we got one great, well respected, good good group of people team, and then we have Joe, we have Joe G's team. Oh, uh, no disrespect there, but uh, he's gonna take it away to the team in Oxford. Boo. We're going to let him go. I am going to give him a little insight. Obviously, we got 10-2 and two last year. What a season. What a ride. First, Is that right? First 10-win regular season? First 10-win regular season, baby. And just another scary one. When you start thinking about shit they lost, they got them at seven, lost and, lost seven and a half. Seven and a half is just – it seems insane when you look at it. And then – I'll let G talk about it, and I'll say the headlines. I mean, they lose, they lose Matt Corral. Yeah, I mean, and I talked to G about. I mean, that guy credit. I mean, that guy wins four. You got to give him four wins probably last year, honestly. Oh, for sure. I mean, no disrespect to Altmaier, but no, I yeah. Mean, I mean, look, if we're talking about a player that meant the most to his individual team last year, I don't know that you can say that anybody meant more. Uh, to a team than Matt Corral did last year. I mean, obviously, we, we have talent on both sides of the ball. The defense looked like a, a completely different unit last year compared to, you know, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Um, obviously, nothing like that, that 2014 Ole Miss offense. I mean, I don't know when the next time we're going to see an offense like that is. I hope it's soon I mean a defense like that I hope it's soon um but we lose Matt Corral you know obviously the year prior we lose Elijah Moore um and we had some good receivers last year but it wasn't just it wasn't anybody that was going first round it wasn't anybody I that, mean it was the it was the Matt Corral show it was the Matt Corral show and and that's what it was and Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral you know, you, you seldom come across that duo of a coach and player that are just made for each other. And in my opinion, a, a big arm guy like Corral, who's also who also can be mobile, um, an RPO machine, as we saw last year. Um, it's just it was just a match made in heaven with Lane Kiffin's play calling and Matt Corral's ability. And last year, you saw the result. We go ten and two. Um, the loss is coming, obviously, to Alabama and Auburn, which was a, a just – I don't even want to talk about the Auburn game. I watched it by my lonesome. And, you know, regardless if we would have gotten in or not, we, we, win, that, we win that Auburn game and somebody's got to say, well, maybe Ole Miss belongs in the playoff. You know, whether we get in or not, whether we're six, seven – it just – it would have felt nice to at least be able to argue for my team to get into that playoff. 
Um, and that was our, I mean, last year was our year to be able to do so with Matt Corral's season. Um, this year, like Kohe said, we lost a lot. Um, we're getting a couple receivers back healthy, so that'll be good. I mean, hey, killed, killed the portal, killed the portal, killed too. the portal. I mean, we got Trig from USC as well as obviously the biggest headline, Jackson Dart. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. I'm a Luke Altmaier fan myself. A lot uh, of rumors, a lot of rumors flying around that old, old Luke may be getting the reins. Old Jackson Dart, hat trick, spring game interceptions, what they yeah, say. I mean, and, you know, I, I can't blame Jackson Dart. He played well at USC last year. You know, nothing – just nothing jaw-dropping. Um, he played like a good Pac-12 quarterback, I would say, and he was he's a young guy. But Luke Altmaier, I watched him live in the Sugar Bowl, and maybe it's just the bias of him being from Mississippi because uh, I, love a, I love a Mississippi player, homegrown, playing – for for the flagship university of that of that state, you know, just the greatest university in the state of Mississippi. Um, I mean, this so, guy—I told you we took a drink break, and that smoke break got him, and it's. But I mean, man, I I really do. I I like I like Luke Altmaier. I think that he's not really a guy that lets pressure get to him. I think if you watch that, I mean, we're talking about. The Baylor Bears last year, their defense was incredible. Um, I think me and Bo have talked about that a couple of times, and I think if they have an offense last year, we might be talking about them, how they got put out by Alabama or Georgia right now in the playoff because their defense was that good. Obviously, Matt Corral gets injured early in the Sugar Bowl. Then we get to see uh, Luke Altmaier do his thing. And, you know, nothing, I mean, obviously, again, nothing jaw-dropping. But he went in and he didn't throw four picks. I think he threw one, maybe two. But he went in there. He looked calm. He, he. I mean, the first drive he was in his own end zone and he got out of it. And we end up scoring on that drive. So just little things like that. And maybe it's me looking too much into little things. But I really thought that his composure was well, especially for a true freshman um, in a packed out Superdome. So, I mean, again. I, I'm a I'm a Luke Altmaier fan, but I think you know me. I'm going to be rooting for whoever's behind the center that first game, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, you're a you're a team fan, so I'm excited. I think we got a lot of a lot of good weapons from the portal. It's going to be fun on the defensive side. I am a little worried. You know, we get we get some transfer moves from there as well, but we lose our what I thought was our centerpiece or two centerpieces last year. Sam Williams and Chance Campbell, and Chance Campbell comes in from for one year in the SEC and absolutely smashes it. Um, he played well. Sam Williams, obviously, our force on the defensive end. Uh, so I mean, really, just a lot of new faces. I know some names. I don't know some names. So I'm not going to sit here and and talk about it like I've been following training camp like this guy that I'm talking to with has been for his team. Um, but in season, I'll rattle everything off. Of course, I'll watch every game. I won't miss one. But for now, it's really just a bunch of uh, optimism from my end, a bunch of I hope that we do this, I hope that we do that. Uh, I'll run through the schedule real quick. Hey, real quick. Could you just tell me one thing? Because I know I spent a lot of time talking. 
Could what? you tell me what the over-under is, what they have us at? Seven and a half. Okay, seven and a half. That's also, scary. also, real quick, did y'all uh, – y'all lost OC and DC, right? Defense coordinator and offense coordinator? Yes, we lost Levy. And then we DJ lost, Durkin went to A&M? Lost Durkin, yes. Yes. Okay, I'll just make it – I couldn't – I wrote down Levy to OU just so I wouldn't forget that. Yes, and obviously that's a big – I mean, those are two big losses too because Durkin, I mean – uh, I mean, I'll be I'll be honest. I yelled at him through my TV a lot. But, you know, he, he turned our defense around. And Lebby, I mean, Lebby is Lebby. You'll see wherever he goes, the offense flourishes. And I think that's just a testament to him as a coach. Um, and he has a bounce back with us. And Giffen brought in his brother, didn't he, for like – Yes, he did. He did. I don't, I don't think he's an actual head coordinator, but I think he is a maybe assistant O.C., well, no, that's what I was going to say. They brought him in, and he went back. He said he's out. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't see. See, I'm not as I'm not as big in the college news. I'll be honest. I've been keeping up with Saints so much. Hey, um, you, we've and, been honest about that. And UFC, so I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all, but I, during the season, I'll know everything you want to ask me. I'm um, sure Kiffin's brother probably came Eskimo bros in the first couple of weeks or something. Family household went south, so he decided to. He decided to hit the road and go back. All right, guys. We're going to act like we didn't hear that. <laughs> so, last break, hey, last breaking news, pool holes, home run just now. All right. I mean, that, that guy's Cody's favorite player. Of all road, time. road to 700. You got to yeah. announce everyone. Uh, first, we got Troy. I'll go ahead and mark that as a W Central Arkansas. I think it's a W, w. Georgia Tech. I think it's a W. Their best player just went to Alabama. Tulsa, I think it's a W. So, we're starting off with – with a strong four, I mean, just a really tough first four games <laughs> in our non-conference. And then we're going to – The gonna, first six are very favorable for this over, and then it gets yeah, scary. It is. Um, we get Kentucky, and I think we handle them. I really do. Shout out to Will Levis. He's not going to go – he's not going to be the first quarterback off the board, I'll tell you that. Then we got Vandy, and I'll be honest – if we lose a Vandy, I mean, we just we don't we're not going to lose the Vandy. I don't even want to poison my my mind with that. Then we got Auburn; they're always scary for us, but I think we can get it done just because of all the question marks that they have. But once we go back to this, we circle back around. I'll be able to give a real. I mean, we'll see what both of us have. The transfer portal just has created a lot of question marks for everybody. Um. LSU and Death Valley, we can we can give them that one. A and M, uh, in College Station, I'll give them that. Alabama and Oxford. I mean, the Oxford crowd is just not going to matter. Uh, you guys probably thought I was about to say something different. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe they will. I'll be hoping every second of that game that they will. I just. Alabama, like we've said a couple times, I think is going to be too much. Ole Miss at Arkansas. Now, this one, obviously, I'm not going to get unrealistic here. I'll say it's a toss-up. But since it's on my birthday, I'm going to give us the dub. And then, I mean, we don't even have to talk about that last game. I think we Yeah, save it. Hey, save it, some bitch. We all know what's going to happen. Save it. Save that one. All right. Well, we got, we got all season. 
I'll throw it over to Kohe and let him get his dogs. We got all season to bring that one up. All right. I'll leave <laughs> I'll leave it out of mind, but we, we saved that. We saved that one. That's right. All right. Best for last. I mean, that's what everyone else says. I I didn't necessarily line that up this way, but yeah. you know, it just so happens the last team we got tonight happens to be Mississippi State Bulldogs. So I'll I'll kindly get into them. We go seven and five last year, six and a half is the win total this year. I have my personal hard-earned dollars on the over. I also added my hard-earned dollars on the over of Tennessee. I got to throw that in there. Uh, This past weekend, I finally pulled the trigger on them. Got them. I think I got them at seven and a half, actually. I got eight written on this paper. But either way, I took their over. Uh, Back to the Bulldogs, seven and five. Lose a game, just un believable game in in the worst city in America, Memphis, Tennessee, and then go back home and we lose to LSU, miss a field, miss two or three field goals, lose by three. Just a, I mean, a tough, 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 unfortunate events last year. I mean, it was taking years off my life being a state fan last year. Had a girlfriend that I'd been with for, same girl I'm with now, but we'd been together for under six months, I think. And after the Memphis game, she she didn't know what to do. Like she really she didn't know how to handle it. And that was when it finally set in. And she's a little scared of this football season. But you know, I told her, don't worry. You know, it works itself out. I came back down probably a couple weeks later. Uh, no, realistically, I think it was like Tuesday. I think Tuesday I really got back going to being myself. That that game was miserable. And I'm I thank Jesus Christ that we open up with them. Sorry. Son of a guns. It's fine. Okay, it's going to be – it kills me I'm in a wedding. All right, if you follow my Twitter, you've seen that. But if we're being honest, I've made it 23 years somehow, never been in I've, – I've been in handcuffs, never been in jail. And, you know, if I made it down there, G, opening weekend, and I've seen any any lick of blue in Davis Wade, it could, it could get a little nasty, honestly. But I think State yeah, – they're opening up as a 16-and-a-half point favorite. I think they hammer Memphis. All right, just want to throw that out there. But besides that, State doesn't kill the portal. Uh, I don't think Leach is a portal guy. I don't. Let, I think some coaches are either your portal or you're not. Kiffin obviously is like the opposite. I would say he's almost abandoned the. I mean, obviously he gets his recruits in, but he he, he likes working that portal and he did well with it. But we get Jordan Morant, a safety from Michigan, a four star. Four-star defensive back from Florida State, Hunter Washington, and another four-star, Jackie Matthews of West Virginia. Uh, a lot of defensive backs, a lot of secondary guys added. Tag along, Marcus Banks from Alabama. Those are the four big guys on the defensive end of the ball. And honestly, in my opinion, very weak at the linebacker spot. I think we have four seniors and three spots to fill. Not saying a senior got to start at every position, obviously, but just very, very young at that spot. Uh, that's the biggest question mark on the field, in my opinion, for Mississippi State this year. Linebacker got Jaden Crumity and uh, Nathan Pickering, Demonte Russell down as the front three, and then just name some of those defensive backs that are transferring in. You tag them up. Emmanuel Forbes gonna be just locked in. He looks to have a freaking huge year. Jalen Green coming back to the transfer we got from Texas. So, some high hopes for me in the secondary, and I don't think we've seen that in Starkville in a while. 
Uh, you got to go back to like Darius Slay years for the state fans that keep up with, or even if you're an NFL guy, Darius Slay, Mississippi State guy, if you didn't know that. But other end of the ball, all we get is a couple receivers. Get Justin Robinson from Georgia and Jordan Mosley, young guy from Northwestern. So besides those two guys, you know, you, you think, you know, we don't got anybody coming in, but the best part about this season, in my opinion, and I'm a big, I'd go to war with this for any team, the experience in college football, it doesn't necessarily kill every time, but when you run into those teams that you don't think are too good, uh, one of those teams for me this year, Minnesota, they got like a super senior uh, quarterback, a couple super senior skill guys, just a very, very old, wise, have, have played college football, know how to handle being down early, know how to close out football games. I just think the experience when it comes, especially SEC, man, when you, you're returning guys that have played at every stadium in the SEC already besides those – obviously Mississippi State hadn't played at every East Stadium in the last two years, but Will Rogers – uh, Quavius Marks, Dylan Johnson, who are both the running backs. And then you got Ladedrick Griffin and Jaden Wally returning receivers. Those five guys right there have seen every team in the West at home and they've seen every team in the West on the road. So not, I mean, environments and stuff like that and handling the sleep schedule, just the behind the door shit that goes along with it. And some people, you know, obviously – and, you know, that, that ain't it. Can they run routes? Can they catch football? Can they do this? Can they do that? But I just think stuff like that goes into effect. Obviously, we ain't got the freaking guys to go 12-0. and 0. I'm not sitting here saying that. What I'm saying, we got the guys that can – those games that are winnable, but, you know, we blow them or we do whatever. Saw a little sign of it that Auburn game, 28-3, and come back to see that fight in a bunch of sophomores for the most part. Uh, we lost Mikhail Polk last year. He was a senior leading receiver, so that hurts. But for the most part, a guy who was a true sophomore in Will Rogers and knows how to stay relaxed, control his breathing, uh, I really like that. I like that grit in Mississippi State and word on the streets. We got a kicker this year. Last year, if we could have had G out there kicking, I think we, you know, we could have closed out Memphis possibly, and we damn sure could have closed out LSU. We met, like I said, we missed three field goals and lose by three. Uh, tough, tough. Tough scene there. I God, I hate even talking about it, honestly. Just sickening. I think Arkansas game and missed some field goals, too. And uh, ref missed a call there on Traylon Burks. But that's last year. You know, we're not going to do that. But we opened up with Memphis in Starkville. Then we go out on the road. Jeefy, this one ain't going to kick off back home till 10 o'clock at night. And I'm fired up for it. All right, I'm going to be sauced. It's going to be a long week, too. We go out there and play Arizona. I'm fired up about that. Got Mississippi State has to start two and They have to. Got to beat Memphis. Got to beat Arizona. Arizona like a two win team last year. Got to got to beat those two, and then you go to Baton Rouge and you got a chance to really do something if you're Mississippi State. You got a chance to really, if you're Will Rogers and these Bulldogs, you got a chance. You're three and zero there, and you get Bowling Green after that. You sign me up four and zero if you start three and zero. So basically, if you can get to three and oh, you can get to four. You got four in the bag, in my opinion. But just a tough game in Baton Rouge. You can't give them that one. You almost just got to say you start three and one. Uh, it's I mean LSU is the only one you can lose though, honestly. And God, fuck, I hate I hate having to try and be neutral. G, I really do. I mean, I hate it. I hate it. It's horrible. Uh, oh, I understand. 
They, I mean, they can win. They can beat them. Will Rogers can go down there and throw for four fifty and throw it sixty times and beat LSU. He can. We saw. I got. I got to see Dak do it one year. We weren't supposed to beat him necessarily. This guy's not Dak. I'm not going to go on a tear. I'm going to control myself. All right, guys. It's three and a half weeks out. I'm fiending. I'm. I'm. I'm scratching. I'm clawing. Three and one. Whatever. A and M at home. Arkansas at home. You got it. You got to have one of them. You got to have one of them if you're a regular regular guy. All right. I need. I need both of them. I need. I need every game besides Bama to to us have a chance just for my sake. We're four and two through the first half. All right. We need three wins on the backside. Go to Kentucky. I've, I've said it. I hate that game for Mississippi State. I don't like it. I don't like that game one bit. Okay, I'm not going to chalk that up as a W. Go to Bama. That for sure ain't chalking that up as shit. Got to buy, then you play Auburn. Uh, Auburn team I think is down. Uh, Auburn team that we beat last year, I think we're better this year. I think they're taking a step backwards. I love that one. We're at five wins. You got Georgia and Starkville. I'm going to be lit. Jeefy, I'm going to be rocking that game. Love that Georgia's coming to Starkville. I ain't seen them in Starkville. I don't even know the last time we played Georgia in Starkville. We get them. Then we get East Tennessee State. That's a dub. We're at six. We're at six locks, guys. We're at six. Uh, we're not six. We're at five locks. God, they really ain't locks, honestly, if, if I'm being a true person. We're four for sure wins. <laughs> we got four for sure. All right, it went from six to four. But either way, we go to Oxford to play, you know, we, uh, that's automatic. We know what's going on. Like G said, it's, all, it's you know, it's predetermined, premeditated, whatever you want to call it. But I think a favorable schedule for Mississippi State this year, I think this is going back to the old Mississippi State preseason, very slept on around the country, in my opinion, it's just hard to – that much experience back on the offensive side, if the D can get some stops and help us out and we can – I mean, if we can just not be a damn F on special teams, if we could be a C-plus, we're, we're a better football team. So, I think a chance for Mississippi State really have a year, you know, really, really blow out six and a half, in my opinion, the ceiling – I mean, if you're looking at the ceiling, the ceiling's probably nine. If you if you believe in the hype of AM and then Bama, Georgia, those are only three that you could really chalk up for sure. And some people wouldn't even give it the AM. So just like every other West team we've gone through, there's so many that are on the fence for, you know, eight or nine wins to five or six wins. So I don't know. I'm hoping I'm hoping they can do it. That was the best non-biased I can be. When it's regular season and we're just breaking down games and stats around the country, I promise I'll be better. But preseason, three and a half weeks out, I'm looking at depth charts. I'm, I'm looking where are these kids from. I'm, I'm fiending for Mississippi State football, and I'm fiending for football in general, and I'm, I'm fiending to play some bets on football. I just need it. We all need it. You know, we need crisper weather. We need, we need the sun to stop being 105. We need cold Cold coolers, cold beer, TV set up, some candles burning, maybe maybe even hell, gee, maybe a pot of soup going. You know, maybe it's cold and maybe maybe we got some soup. Maybe it's soup and it's two thirty. The CBS little jingles on. You know, we need it. We deserve it. It's been a long year. You deserve it. I deserve it. People, 
That's all, all I got. It. We all deserve it. That's all I got. Jeefy, you got anything for us? That's all I got, brother. People, we appreciate you. Uh, we we want football as bad as y'all do. I know breaking down teams isn't the funnest, but, hey, it's something to listen to to get you through that work day. Y'all have a good one. Keep sharing. Keep retweeting. Keep liking. Join the movement. Dudes to the top. See y'all next week. Beautiful. I like that little join the movement thing you did there. All right, just a little, just a little bow it, man. Very nice. Very nice.